I've just returned from a sensory deprivation tank session where I floated for 60 minutes with no light or sound, only me. And I cannot really put it into words how it felt. So to, to summarize how I feel afterwards, I am endlessly, wordlessly grateful to be alive, to be thinking, to have the opportunity to live and communicate and dissect and think and think and think and think. Maybe I'll go into it more another time, but I think I have a lot that needs to sit with me. What I've learned, what I've learned is that being wants to keep being and that everything is organic. That's what I've learned in short. And I just want to, I just want to again express how thankful I am to be able to talk to people and explore my and others' minds. Everything is obnoxiously beautiful to me right now. Every person, every sound, it's all coming in so loudly and so powerfully. And I'm going to fight to maintain that gratitude. Speaking of gratitude, today I spoke with a man named Giovanni, a very talented, wonderful young man who has won several Rubik's Cubes competitions in the world and is quite quite talented at the Rubik's Cube. And what he does with that is he makes art with it. He makes mosaics out of Rubik's Cubes, hundreds of them. And I think it's very unique and it's very special. And after speaking with him, I appreciate it more because I know how much his heart is in it. I hope that you enjoy listening to it. I hope your Sunday is beautiful. I hope if you listen to this not on a Sunday that that day is also beautiful. I hope that I find words more accurate than beautiful because because beautiful is very good, but I think people are tired of hearing it and I think I think we should all be quite grateful for everything that happens every moment. Yeah. I hope you enjoy my chat with Giovanni. Okay, how was your new year, first of all? Ah, well, Happy new, new year, year was very good. Yeah, you too. Um, yeah, my new year was, was very good, actually. I just stayed at a house with some friends. Uh, I did play some live music as well, just jamming. I play drums. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, it's yeah. very cool. I just do it for fun, but uh, every time I get a chance to, you know, sit behind the drum set, yeah. it's always it's always good for me. So it was like jam session with some friends, and then we put some music, and yeah, it was a good night. I ended up sleeping in my car and helped <laughs> clean up, helped cleaning up the day afterwards. So you know, oh, just my. to be a nice guy, yeah, because it was like a house party, so. I had right. to be one of those guys who had to help cleaning up. <laughs> yeah, so I understand. But that. it was good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. How about I'm yours? How great. was how was yours? Mine was wonderful. I just had a small get together with friends, listened to some music. I did not sleep in my car, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did help clean up the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was At good. Got the bed. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Do you have any uh, resolutions or big goals that you plan to achieve this year? Well, I'm moving to New York on the 31st of January. Wow, so, that is very exciting. Yes, so because I now have a contract. Um, since September, I have a contract um, with a gallery called Gallery 104. Right, right. And they are now based in Broadway in Tribeca, but they're going to be moving uh, to another location in New York, and I'm going to be a resident artist. What wow. that means is um, I'm going to have a space uh, all for me, a studio where I can work, and at the same time, you know, kind of weekly or monthly, um, buyers, customers, or just curious people can come and have a look at what I do in person rather than just Instagram and, you know, potentially get a piece or, um, you know, just take some photos and get to know me um, as well. And at the same time, it's a working space for me. So um, it's a it's a huge thing. It's a huge change. That's incredible. Uh, at least, yeah, at least I, I can, you know, I get a chance to be next um, to my gallery, you know, and collaborate yeah. with them in person. And also, you know, be in New York because uh, I've only been there twice for kind of holiday or last time to sign the contract and meet and meet these gallery owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, you know, I think it's going to be great just to be living there for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, my, I've um, been there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying. So, yeah, pretty much my new year resolution is just to see how this, you know, <laughs> try to, to, you know, make this experience um, uh, complete. And, you know, because, of course, I'm a bit scared as well. But, yeah, you know, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, how did you get the gallery contract? Did they just seek you out? Yeah, like... so pretty much there was um, it was pretty cool because um, uh, back I think in July last year I can now say last year um, I made this <laughs> portrait of um, Casey Neistat. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and the gallery um, the gallery's um, uh, the gallery studio is in front of Casey Neistat office, the one where he records uh, all the video. Uh. I'm not sure if you know who Casey Neistat is. Yeah, he's a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, pretty much, uh, my mosaic, my mosaic just appeared in their feed because they are so connected with Casey Neistat world. And so, mm-hmm. um, they found me through that. And I saw, I see, I I've seen them writing a few comments that, where they really liked what I did. And then they actually contacted me via email. And it was very funny or like, you know, it was uh, because pretty much they said, hey, we have an exhibition in two weeks. Uh, this was this was the end of August. Um, they, we have an exhibition in two weeks uh, and we would like you to be there with a portrait, the one with, of Casey Neistat because it's just across the office. Mm-hmm. And I was in Australia. So pretty much in two weeks, I've organized uh, just out of the blue a trip to New York. <laughs> Uh, you know, I get all I got a, a frame done by some wood artisans in Brooklyn, and I've brought all my cubes, all my 700 cubes, and I've done the portrait there. We hanged it on the wall, and we had a night uh, where I was exhibiting my work. And but all of that was done in like organized in 10 days. So that sounds uh, so like was, surreal. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where like you just gotta get you know just I was like ah whatever I'll just do it and see how it goes <laughs> and it turned out turned out well because of course it was an investment from my side as well of course so uh but it's definitely worth it now because i never i never really thought about the gallery world when mm-hmm. i was doing my rubik's cube art i thought i'd just be a guy from instagram doing these things right. but you know being in contact with gallery 104 and understanding how uh, art gallery works you know at least a little bit now um like yeah i'm happy because i just 
just never thought I would ever be affiliated with an art gallery. So <laughs> it's That's just crazy so how things goes. Yeah. That you can have that sort of connection just all over the world see that that's the kind of thing that social media is very very good for is like some people would just never see that if it wasn't for that exactly so wonderful i started because i was working in melbourne as a i've been in australia for four years i'm italian but i've been there for four years and Mm -hmm. uh, i was a coffee roaster so i loved coffee because melbourne (laughs) is very known for that and um yeah on my off time i was just kind of uploading some mosaics on Instagram, or I was also a um, street artist because in Melbourne, you can do this thing called busking, which is when you go in the street and just perform, can be music, art, whatever you do. And people, Mm -hmm. you know, just look at what you do and maybe they give you some money and, you know, just appreciating Mm -hmm. what you're doing. So I was doing that with the Rubik's Cube art as well. So I was laying down the whole mosaic on the floor. Um, But I just, and then, you know, floating on Instagram, but I never thought, I could go this far. I knew there was potential by doing celebrities' mm-hmm. portraits that someone would notice it. But yeah, it's just crazy. And now the you're moving I, yeah. across the world. Yes, exactly. And it, it has been a tool that enabled me to connect with so many people that I wouldn't otherwise meet at all. Or, the, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it's been crazy because I've been doing Ruby Cubes for 10 years since I was 14 and I'm 24 now. Mm-hmm. So, it has always been a big passion of mine and to make it into something real that can give me a living, you know, it can be a job. It's, it's crazy. Like I still probably don't realize it, how lucky I am to be doing for now something <laughs> this good, you know, uh, although there's a lot of work to do, you know, I can still manage my own schedule and, you know, create the art that I want to create. And, you know, of course there are a lot of positive things and negative things like in everything, but because like you need a lot of, um, how do you say, like internal push to be like, ah, oh, today I'm going to be doing this and this and yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's because a lot of motivation you, that you need. Yeah, because you have a lot of control. And at the same time, you also have control to procrastinate, which is, yes, uh, I'm a big pro- procrastinator. I don't know if you are, <laughs> but I'm a big one. Yeah, I definitely am because I, um, I'm currently going to school for film and writing. And oh, wow. since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to be an author. And that's like such a scary job because like you can have a successful book, but the money you make and the the progress you make is entirely dependent on you being creative. And sometimes it's just, sometimes it just doesn't come and you're just not feeling it. And it's really strange, but. And you can't force it really. Yeah. And that's what's scary is you think, well, could I have, could I have made something better had I not forced myself to do that at this point in time? But it's also a good motivator. So. So you're studying it at uni, right? Doing yeah. On... Yes, yeah, I am. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. How old are you, Kiran? Nineteen. Nineteen. Wow. Okay. Nineteen years old. Yeah. yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I would love to read a book once. I don't know if you already have something out, but I I don't have something. anything published, but I actually finished a book last year, the, for the first time in my life. That's I, awesome. Uh, yeah, it what was kind of about, weird. Um, it's about a guy who. It's a very very simple idea. So. I've always wanted to write a book, but I've just never had like the confidence to because I'm so young. And so I've just been more focused on collecting ideas and things before I start writing. But this book is kind of like a diary almost. So back in, uh, let's, I think March, April or March of last year, I started writing a book on Twitter and the Twitter was private. Like it, it wasn't like 
supposed to be seen by people, but it was just a very convenient place for me to write down so thoughts like, over and over. Yeah, like 140 characters at a time. Yeah, you would just, oh, okay. and so, so it's <laughs> it's from the perspective of a guy who was, uh, he's a professor, and he's on his way to a convention with his family, and the plane goes down, and oh, wow. his family is on an island. And so the the novel starts, like, well into his stay at the island. Like, it just jumps right into it. And so it's it's fairly short. It's I'd say, I don't know, seventeen thousand words or something like yes. that. So probably yeah. two two hundred pages or less. Yeah. But I just wrote every day, and it was just a very easy way to do it because instead of having to sit down and force myself to write or anything, I just had my phone on hand at all times. So if I got this idea, I could just type it right there and then send it. Yeah. And so and I just you can did that. It if you mm-hmm. wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So I just did that for a long time. And then I think I finished it in November. And then I just downloaded all of the tweets and I've just had it sitting. <laughs> and I have yeah. to go through and I'm going to edit it, of course, because a lot of it was just spur of the moment ideas. And there's like a scene or two that I'd like to add. But for the most part, it just felt very organic. And like, even though it's a fictional character and it's all about an island and stuff, there's just a lot of musings and a lot of philosophical writings. And it's very parallel to my life. And so yeah. it's just, it's been a very healthy thing for me to do, I think. And I've sent it to a lot of my friends and stuff. And a lot of them have said that things in it resonate with them. So that makes me happy that there yeah. are people that would be able to read it. Because it's very simple. And it's not too terribly long. But I've just decided, like, I've got to start somewhere. So I, I think... Of course. I think that's a good place to start. Because it's not too specific. And it's not too, like, overwhelming with, like, style. And so I think there's a lot in it for a lot of people. So, of course. Yeah. No, yeah. And no, and that's awesome because I think like everything, you need to do that first experience. Because I mean, yeah. like nobody, I mean, some people can write the best work of their life as the first, as yeah. the first one. But I, I, I hope that's think, not me. <laughs> no, like what I mean is I think now you know how it is, let's yeah. say, to write the whole book, you know, you know how to end it. Or I don't know, you know how to, how, how it feels so that maybe next one you're going to write. Yeah. You're gonna know already what's what what will happen. So I think you, it, it's a good experience. Like um, now, I'm just thinking about myself. Like the first time I ever did a portrait mm-hmm. and frame it in the wall, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to frame a piece in the wall. And mm-hmm. someone asked me for it a long time ago, and I was like, "Yeah, of course I can do it. I always did, it. <laughs> but I never did." And the reason was that I really wanted to push myself to do something that otherwise I would never do, because just out of curiosity. I probably wouldn't have wanted to go through the struggle of being able to make a frame for a Ruby's Cube portrait, which sounds silly. Like, I don't want to compare that to a book. But um, yeah. let's say that with a frame, you like, if it's not perfect measurements or if it's not done right, it looks awful, no matter how good the art is. If it's not right. framed right, it doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. And fun thing is that it takes me longer to frame a piece than actually making it with the cubes <laughs> just because of how precise it needs to be inside the frame. That's and so, so because I'm not normally a precise person, like, you know, when a school you do geometry or like, you know, you have to do those drawing in papers that need to be so precise. I was awful at that. And so <laughs> I always procrastinated about it. And so, yeah, I was just saying, I think that the first experience, now, now after that, I knew how it was to make a frame and I wasn't so scared of doing it anymore because I was like, ah, it's actually doable. And so I thought maybe that's the same with the book. Like you write your first yeah. book and now you're like, yeah, okay, now. You know, I'm happy I got my first story out. It's not too long, so my friends can read it as well and mm-hmm. give me some feedback. 
So yeah, I mean, if you have it or if you are going to publish something about it, I, I would love to read it. Yeah, I, I, my plan is to try to get it published this year. I'm going to start sending it to some publishing houses and stuff. And then if yeah. nobody picks it up, I'll probably just self-publish it myself on Amazon or something like. So I'll definitely yeah. let you know. But yeah, yeah I, you just you have to come to a point where you just have to do it. You can't just keep planning. And it's exactly. it's a very simple cliche sort of lesson, but it's it's very very true that you have to fail to learn and you have to start to get somewhere. No, yeah, like the fail to learn is so true. Like I mean, I know cliches. I think you know it's a funny thing about cliches because. They are cliches because maybe they are true. Like maybe, yeah. and people just ignore them because they hear it so many times. And Absolutely. that's what I always do. I always ignore the things that I hear too many times. And then something happens and like, oh, wow, actually, I should have listened to that. Even though so many people tell, mm -hmm. told me about it, I never actually paid attention to it. And I think failing to learn is, is, is such a big one because like you can't, no, nobody ever did something without failing at some point. And if you're afraid to fail or, you don't have to take failure as a step back, but actually, you know, something to move forward. And I've actually read this book that um, I've seen so many times and I always judge by its cover. Um, <laughs> wait, can I say a swear word or maybe not? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, okay. It's, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That's very and interesting been, because I, yeah. just, I just bought that book. I, I gifted it. There you go. <laughs> I gifted it to my dad for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, just awesome. a couple weeks it? ago. No, I started I started reading it because I got okay. the audio book and I've been listening yeah. to it a little bit, but I haven't gotten all the way through it. Yeah. So I it's read very that interesting. book five times in 2018. <laughs> and wow. Just because it has, it has helped me a lot. Like, I'm not saying it's like a Bible that I'm like reading every night before going <laughs> to sleep, but it worked for me and I think for many other people. And because in Melbourne, in this bookstore that I was going, it was always like the best seller. And I was always like, oh, whatever, it's the best seller. Mm -hmm. But then I actually found out, oh, it's actually great. And that's why people yeah. bought it. And yeah, it has helped me through a lot of stuff. And the failure is a moving forward kind of thing was a big part of that book. So um, yeah, if anyone is listening and wants to get a book, uh, <laughs> I'm not a guy who reads a lot, but that, 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 that book really changed uh, a yeah. lot of things for me. Yeah. Yes, I'm very excited to read it now. And that's crazy that of all the books that I decided to get, that I just like, I got that one just a few weeks ago. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. It's, and it's not the first time that it happens to me that I mentioned to somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I just got it or something <laughs> like that. Also, because he has like this bright orange cover and I think yeah, it yeah. tracks the eyes. Um, and it's very easy to read. It's written like huge characters inside. So <laughs> it's really an easy read. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Back to like what you were saying about the cliche thing. That's that's a very important perspective, I think, that like my friend and I have been recently talking about. Like, I guess I'll begin by saying like me personally, I constantly have this strange sort of fear or like apprehension now that everything's online that like just because something's been said or done before that like if you do it again yourself it's like less important or something yeah yeah and i just think that's a a very prevalent perspective with a lot of people is like repetition is bad or clichés are bad or like saying the same things are bad and i don't know i i think if it comes from an honest place and like things like that that are even though they're simple if you can learn something from them like they shouldn't be ignored as much yeah, and I, I think I I'm gonna yeah. try to try to follow that a little bit more. 
I just think that, I don't know, maybe it's also in our brains. If we read something or hear something that we've heard or read a lot, it automatically gets like filtered. Like, yeah. I think it's something like that. Like you just automatically know how the phrase is going to end or what's the meaning of that thing. Right, and then right. you just, your brain just ignores it. It's like, oh yeah, I've heard that. I think that's, I'm, I think that's what happens because I think it takes a lot of strength to actually think about something you've been hearing so much, but like in a new way, like actually be like, oh, money doesn't make you happy. And like, did you ever think about that? Like how that right. works? Like, why does money, why doesn't money make you happy? Like, like, I don't think so many people stop and actually think, why is that possible? Or why is people saying that? And I don't know. And that always comes back to that book. That was the first book that made me understand how money is not important. Not that I'm rich, but mm-hmm. just put it in a way that I understood that, you know, I was actually being able, I was able to say, yeah, now I now understand why why is people saying that and it's such yes. a big cliche like you hear it really all the times but you never think about it like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but i still want to buy that car you know maybe <laughs> that's what people think um so yeah i think you know i, I agree with you uh, we, we probably need to pay more attention to cliches and maybe stop a second or two to think about oh why is that a cliche in the first place why so many people are saying that and yeah i think yeah it's yeah, a different perspective, probably. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why things have been said yeah. so many times. <laughs> yeah. And that scares me that people just kind of go on autopilot and they just don't challenge themselves enough. I guess. Yeah. Like they Maybe really just be, don't. Yeah. They don't step out of like their comfort zone when it comes to things like that because they just. Because yeah. certain like very deep things like that, like money doesn't buy happiness. Like that's a that's one of the most important lessons as a human <laughs> because yeah. like there are way too many people that are just on the other side of that cliche that are yeah. just like, well, I need money to survive, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But yeah. like once you keep doing that, then you end up equating money to happiness. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that can be an idea for one of your books, like analyzing <laughs> all the cliches. I don't know if someone <laughs> did it already, but it can be like, you know, this book will be about cliches, but, you know, analyzed and in a different perspective. Could be interesting. I think it could be very interesting. <laughs> I've just been trying to get down to the bottom of like what what that is in us that makes us like critical of things that we've heard before. I don't know if it's yeah. just like a natural arrogance that like I mean I mean I think a lot of it's naturally like we just feel like we want to know what's going on and the whole point of like living and stuff is to have confidence in what's around us and what's happening and to be able to wake up and say, I'm going to do this and this is how this works and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then like, sometimes that's just too powerful. Yeah. And so we just feel sort of, I don't know. I just think there's a, an excess of confidence in a lot of stuff like that. I'm really excited to read that book now. Yes, (laughs) you should. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I mean, I'm as I said, as I said, I'm not a reader. So maybe I got um, (laughs) excited and by, (laughs) a book then maybe for someone who reads it's like yeah it's okay but for me you know it was very big and i gave it to so many people as a present uh, actually just today i gave it to uh one of my friends because <laughs> she saw it in my place and i was like oh that's the book i was talking to you about and I, she just brought it home today so you know that's why i was saying <laughs> it happened so many times that i talk about it and so many things related to that book happened at the same time so yeah it's a cliche already it's like a cliche <laughs> There you go. But yeah. hey, it's obviously doing its job. Yeah. Okay, so tell me 
let's go back a little bit. Tell me how yes. you got into Rubik's Cubes in the first place and what about them kind of so, stuck with you. Yeah, so pretty much uh, back when I was 14, uh, first year in uh, of high school, um, a friend of mine brought it at school and he kind of knew how to solve it in like under a minute. And for me, that was very impressive because um, I don't know if in the US is the same, but in Italy, every kid kind of has one at some point in their life. You know, it's like maybe a Christmas present from an uncle yeah, or a brother. Yeah. You know, you always have one hanging around. Maybe you play with it for like 10 minutes and <laughs> then you either throw it against the wall or it ends up <laughs> in like somewhere and just gets dust all over it. Um, and so I was very impressed. Because I always, like, everybody tells me now, I always thought that only kind of geniuses or nerds could actually solve a cube. But yeah, that's yeah. not the truth. It's actually just, uh, there are different methods you can learn. And depending on how fast you want to solve it, you know, the faster you want to solve it, the harder is the method. It means that if you want to solve a cube in two, three minutes, just for the sake of saying, I know how to solve one, uh, the method is actually pretty, pretty, pretty easy. It just takes a bit of patience. So I asked my friend, hey, can you teach me how to do it? And so he did. And of course, the first thing that you do, two people know how to solve a Rubik's Cube, they start competing against each other. So mm -hmm. already from that point, I kind of knew that I liked this competition of trying to solve the cube faster. And going with that, uh, I actually found out that there were competitions um, in Italy and all around the world. Uh, there was there's this thing called WCA, which is World Cube Association. So there's actually an association that, you know, manages all the competitions and the world records and uh, they set the world champion every year. So uh, there was a whole world around Rubik's Cube, which I never thought there would ever be. And that's it. I started uh, going to, I started competing. I started practicing a lot. And one of the reasons I liked learning, I, I wanted to learn English was that in Italy, not so many people were good at the pro, at the advanced stuff in Rubik's Cube. So I had to watch many tutorials in English. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of my first uh, push into liking and learning the language, which, you know, I'm still, I have a lot, you know, I still need to learn a lot, but I like it. So, um, yeah, I started watching so many tutorials about how to get faster. And that was back in 2009. And then in, in 2010, I became Italian champion. Ooh. And that was for four years till 2014. Um, yeah, I've been doing competition all around the world. And... I ended up having three different world records at different stages in my career. Wow. Um, and the latest one, although it was in 2012, so six, oh, we're going for seven years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did a world record solving a cube uh, one-handed, so with only one hand, in 9.4 seconds. What the? Yeah. So um, now I think it's probably six seconds something. In, but I mean, I mean, it's been seven years. So of course, <laughs> world records improves. And I hold it. I held it for like a year. That world record, but um, that was probably the main one I was known for. Um, you know, with already people think like, why would you even bother solving cube one-handed? But you know, it's one of the competitions. <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of the things you do at Rubik's Cube competitions. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much like wh where I come from in terms of uh, my passion with Rubik's Cube is competitions. So. It has never just been doing art with the cubes. That's something that just came in afterwards because pretty much I got to the point where I was practicing maybe two, three hours a day and maybe my times 
were improving by 0.1 second <laughs> in a month if I practiced that much. <laughs> and it's like, wow, maybe I could do something better with my time. Not that I didn't yeah. like it anymore, but it was just like, I don't know where is the point where it's it's worth it or not mm-hmm. to spend this much time. And also, um, that all was happening together with me moving to Australia just to do an experience in 2014. And so I was like, oh, so many things are happening. I'm probably not going to be able to compete as I was. And so I kind of stopped competing. So I wasn't speed cubing. That's the term. I wasn't speed, doing speed cubing anymore. Um, speed but, cubing, you know, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's how it's called. <laughs> and so... Um, uh, I think one of the first uh, paychecks that I got while working in Australia, because it was my first time living by myself, you know, having to pay rent and, you know, mm-hmm. earning my own money. And what I did was actually buying 700 cubes, which, you know, it's nuts. <laughs> it's like, why would you buy 700 cubes? How much did uh, that cost? Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, let's say I'm not going to pay. I'm not paying. You know, maybe you go to the store now and you pay for a cube, what, $15? Okay, I didn't pay that much for a cube because, of Mm -hmm. course, after competing that much time, I knew all the connections, you know, straight to the factories who who make them. Um, And so, yeah, I bought all those cubes and I started, you know, uploading. I started, you know, experimenting because I'm not the first one who's doing portraits with Ruby's cube. So there has Mm -hmm. been other people doing it. But I say I kind of didn't like the way it was done. Like I thought the design weren't as good as in my head I wanted them to be. And um, In what way? Like how were they doing it? Because pretty much um, uh, I think what differentiates me from other people who has done it in the past, or I would say all the people that I know of, but I may not know of someone else, um, is that they were doing it using like an automatic algorithm from the computer. So pretty much you put a photo, and this algorithm spits out a uh, photo uh, made only with the Ruby's cube colors so that you can just copy it with the cubes. Um, okay. But what that means is that I think a computer cannot really understand how to best showcase a face, you know, if it's a portrait. Yeah. And so I always found the result to be not so good. Like I was like, you know, it's a cool idea, but I don't think it, the full potential has been explored yet. Mm-hmm. And so then I started... Uh, like I'm not a graphic designer, so I started kind of learning how to do things with like um, uh, kind of like Photoshop kind of softwares. And so finding a way to make my own designs, you know, but not by hand, you know, through the use of a computer, but still manually. I don't know if it makes sense. Like it's not like an automatic algorithm. Yeah. And so that took, I think, two years of just trying on my on my spare time in my spare time and like my first designs were really awful like really <laughs> awful um but yeah um i kind of find myself i kind of found some tricks and ways to make it look better um like one of the things that people notice that i, I don't use the color green at all yeah um, and that's because i'm not able to match that color with the other in a way that i like it um so you know i kind of find myself a method uh, that satisfies me with the result, and I mean, I'm, there's still so much to learn, and that's still the things that takes me takes the most time uh, for me is to actually create a design. So it will take me maybe a week or ten days of work to create a design of a face that I'm happy with. Because on my Instagram page, you would see, okay, I made this portrait of Will Smith, but maybe in reality, I've done twenty different designs 
during these 10 days and I've selected and picked the one that in my opinion was representing the most or you know it was all like 20 different stages of improvements where at the end maybe I just change a few pixels and things like that so that's a big side of the job that is not seen on my page but I'm also happy <laughs> with that like I don't want to bother people with the struggles of <laughs> making a design like that's I just want people to see you know, oh, that's a celebrity they like, and it's made for Ruby's Cube, so that's cool. And yeah, but the thing is that sometimes people think that I'm also using this automated, uh, this automated process to make the pictures, which kind of bothers me a little because I'm like, man, that's actually the the part that takes me the most. It's not an automatic <laughs> thing, but you know, as I said, it doesn't matter. Like I know what I'm, I know that I'm not doing that. So um, yeah, it's that's seriously uh, mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, um, like people think that the Ruby's Cube part is the part that is the hardest, but <laughs> the hardest is actually making the design because I've been yeah. solving cubes for so many years. Like, it's mm -hmm. I don't, like I don't even have to think about it, and it's not to show off. It's just that it's such it's just, an automated yeah. process in my head to solve a cube. Like, it's just relaxing. And trust me, if I teach you the cube, if I teach you how to solve one, after a week that you solve it, even though you do it in like two minutes, still it will become like an automated process. So you just sit down listen to some music or maybe you're in the bathroom and rather than scrolling through your phone you just solve a cube so yeah, is there like is there any way you can explain to me right now how one is solved in any way because i at this point in my life still have no clue well like is, well, is there I, any well i can give you like uh, an explanation of like the concept behind it because okay. like the whole method like I've taught so many people in my life like more than 100 and everybody everybody who wanted to learn has learned because the thing is you just need a bit of patience uh, mm -hmm. and will to learn um, and I've been teaching people in maybe less than three hours but it was three hours long so it takes a lot of focus as right. well um, but the concept behind is that most people think you need to solve a Ruby's cube, um, how do I say, face by face, you know, so color by color, you need to solve yeah. a cube, but that's not how you do it. So the way you do it, it's actually like a building. So um, the Ruby's cube, which is a three by three, so it's three layers, you mm -hmm. actually start from the bottom and you go up like a building. So rather than doing, I want to do the yellow face first and then the white one or yeah. whatever, whichever way, you actually do it like a building. So you do the first layer, second layer, and third layer. And of course, that's not, um, not, it's not like if I say this, anybody now can solve it, but it's just the concept, <laughs> yeah. it's the concept behind that makes, it. Where, that makes more sense though, yeah. Yeah, and, and let's say that um, uh, a big help can be given by the centers because the centers of the cube uh, never moves, never move between each other. So yeah. like, for example, the green will always be opposite to the blue in an original Rubik's Cube and yellow always opposite to the white and orange with red so knowing that you know that by looking at the center you know how is that layer gonna look like once it's solved so that of course gives you um good uh, uh point of start in solving a cube and of course what's there to know is that there are plenty of tutorials on youtube really and mm -hmm. even very very easy to learn so if anyone if anyone is interested i always recommend um, well, just you can check a, a tutorial on YouTube. It's super easy to learn and it takes a bit of patience, but you can divide it into uh, steps. Like maybe there right. are like in the beginner method, there are maybe seven or eight steps 
to uh, completely install the cube. And so, you know, you can divide in one step a day or one step every two days. And, you know, that's it. In one week, you learn how to do the cube. And um, once you can say you know how to solve it. And second thing, uh, which is focused on the people who is not underage, is that you actually get to drink a lot for free when you know how to solve a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I've yeah? been drinking for free everywhere in the world just because I had a cube with me. And it wasn't just a show off. It's just because, you know, maybe you go for a pub with some friends and like, ah, oh, you have to show this friend a Rubik's Cube. And then other people in the pub or in the bar see you. They offer you a beer. Other people ask you to solve it. They offer you a beer. And you get to the point where it took me more than a minute to solve a cube just because I couldn't see the colors anymore. So yeah, don't do this, but you know, I did it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to learn how to how to do a Rubik's cube now. Yeah, yeah. So that's the takeaway. You can't drink there yet, right? <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't Not legally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so that's the takeaway. You can learn now. So by by the time you're 21. <laughs> Yeah. The, the takeaway of solving Rubik's Cubes is to get free drinks. Got Absolutely. It. Got it. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're like, see, it's not for nerds. It's actually like a social <laughs> thing. I get to drink. Um, no, but, you know, it's, it's something fun to show with friends. and. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Everyone always wants to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me about how you decide which artists to create your mosaics of. So, um... I like this question because, uh, yeah, it's pretty much whatever I'm very engaged or influenced by in that moment. So mm -hmm. I always give the example of Dave Grohl being one of the mosaics that I've done uh, maybe yeah. back in June or July. And pretty much I went to the Foo Fighters concert and I felt so many emotions and I really liked the person so much that I felt like I wanted to give back to that experience. And right. so for me, doing the portrait of Dave Grohl, you know, the singer and I mean, multi, multi yeah, instrumentalist, I mean, does everything. But, and, and so like I wanted, I wanted to give back to this experience uh, by doing a portrait with the cubes. So it's mostly things that I'm influenced by, like, you know, um, I watched Stranger Things and I liked it so much. Mm -hmm. I've done two portraits uh, inspired by that uh, series, uh, which actually got reshared by Stranger Things page. So I'm very happy. With oh, really? That. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so pretty much what I like about that is that one day I can just um, scroll back to the mosaic that I've done and I'll be able to be like, oh, in that moment I was listening to that artist or, you know, yeah. that's the time I went to the Foo Fighters concert or that's the time where I fell in love with the Stranger Things uh, series. So it's kind of a story of things that I'm influenced by. Because the thing is that I also do commission work, but I never put that on my page. I always right. put on my page things that are uh, from me, you know, that I really want okay, to that, show. Yeah, that's very cool. Because yeah. I've got contacted by so many people and be like, hey, can you do the logo of my company and put it mm -hmm. on your page? And I'm always like, nah, like, I'm happy to do it and send you the content, but yeah. I never want to upload that on my page unless it's a brand that I personally want to, um, right. yeah. that I personally want to uh, collaborate with, because um, that's the reason. Like, I want people to know that everything that they see it's actually just comes from me. And I've done things where, like, my friend uh, that I met in Melbourne, um, uh, he was a huge fan of Mac Miller. And oh yeah, I was going to ask about that one actually. Yeah, and I personally knew a few songs, but I wasn't listening to him that much. But 
my friend has been through a lot of tough stuff in his life and he was saying how Mac Miller kind of helped, helped him a lot through that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I kind of wanted to do that, you know, for him. Like I know he meant a lot to him and yeah. that, that was one of the few times where I've done something that wasn't really related to me and I was scared of like, oh, I'm just going to, I don't want people to think that I'm taking advantage of someone yeah. uh, that passed away. Um, but it was, you know, I, I knew that for my friend, it meant a lot. And yeah, for once, I just wanted to do something for someone else. And I really like doing um, mosaic of artists because I can listen to their music while I'm doing the design, which is a yeah. process that I really enjoy because I can see how I'm inspired uh, with the music and maybe try to put that into the design while I'm making it. And I still think that the Mac Miller ones is probably one of the best ones that I've made in terms of design. I think it's the one who I was able to um, showcase the best. So, and my friend really liked it. And yeah, um, you know, uh, of course you still find people saying, hey, just did it to take advantage of that. But, you know, as as, as I said before, you know, you know, I know what I did and yeah, you know, I, I hope you people let don't that. feel that way. Yeah. If if you did it out of a sincere place and there's no yeah. there's nothing bad you can say yeah. about it. And what actually happened actually, Mac Miller's mom got in touch with me after that. Oh so really? I got, yeah, I actually got to talk wow. with her. And yeah, and how was yeah, that? So no, like it was it was humbling. Like for me, I never thought I would be able to connect with her. And you know, just you know, with probably everything she was and she is going through, you know, to just be able yeah. to reach out and say, hey. I really liked it. I really appreciated what you did, you know. And, you know, I was happy to be able to mention that to my friend, you know, I wanted to dedicate to him. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that was like a one time because uh, then what happens on the social media, unfortunately, every time maybe then someone passes away, they will ask me to do it. <laughs> like it has happened. Like yeah. an artist like XXX, like yeah. that's still the most, most requested one on my page like i'm not <laughs> joking i got maybe more like than a thousand requests wow and you know it's just that i i don't want to be mean and not do it it's just that i don't feel it you know what i mean yeah i just I, I respect that so much yeah because i know that people is like oh you're gonna do this you're gonna get even more popular and i'm like that's not the yeah like no i'm not feeling it maybe i don't know maybe in two years <laughs> I randomly listen to him and I like it and I'll get all these vibes that people is getting and yeah. maybe it will happen but you know now everybody that recommends me something I'm super happy I, like my answer is always like you know thanks for the recommendation I appreciate it but you know I just don't want it I'm just you know mm, I just don't want to be the guy who does the portraits of people who's you know you know what I mean like yeah it just, that's, it has to that's come very special for me yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Because Thank I you. didn't I didn't assume that of you, but I like like that that is just how people's minds naturally work sometimes is like yeah. as unfortunate as it is, people are sometimes prone to like I don't know, being afraid of other people's success and like trying to yeah. find ways to undermine it, you know? Yeah. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah. And so it's really great that you're m- maintaining your integrity. When you're doing yeah, this like, and you're not doing it just for others to see. Yeah, like to be honest, if I just was, if I was just focused on getting more popular, there would be so many portraits that I know yeah. uh, that would, you know, that would work so well. But um, yeah, it just, I just don't think it feels genuine, at least from my side. Maybe people from outside wouldn't even notice. They would just be like, yeah. But 
um, yeah, from my side, it's a pleasure. And now that it also has become a job, I need to keep it a pleasure as yeah, much as I can. Yeah, for sure. Because then it just becomes jobs in, in your head. And I, actually, since it has become a job, I've actually been a little bit less creative. So that comes back to what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it gets kind of stressful. Yeah. So now I'm really just giving myself some time to be like, you know, of course, some choices are driven, um, you know, in a strategic way. Like, I think it's still a business. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all done by me. So it's me deciding who I mm-hmm. want to do. And I'm sure there will be other special occasion where I will do something for a friend or for a special one. Right. Um, but yeah, that will still be uh, uh, my choice. And yeah, um, I already know that I can't make everybody happy. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'll always do a portrait where some people would put some comments and be like, oh, I'm followed because you did this. And I'm like, you know, it happens. Bummer. Like, that's the internet. <laughs> like, that's the internet. Like, I, I'm getting used to it. It's good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. To me, I think an artist is primarily for the artist and not for the audience. Yeah. So, so, so long as you're doing something that genuinely yeah. makes you feel good about it, I think yeah, like people, my, it'll resonate yeah. with people. Like my main thing is actually just promoting Ruby skips in general. Cause um, like in my past, like I didn't suffer, but what I'm saying is I've had so many of those comments like, Oh, you're a nerd. You're doing Ruby skip. I wasn't actually even good at school. So, cause I was practicing with the cube so much and not study. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it's a way for me to show that Ruby Skips can be cool, you know? And, yeah. And I'm cool. sure that so many people, I hope that so many, and I, I got texts from people saying that after they saw my, my work, they went to the store and bought a cube and maybe they're doing <laughs> that with their kids or, you know, it's so uh, those things make me happy because um, the Ruby Skip world has given a lot to me. And so, you know, I, I, I just think that more people uh, should do it and, you know, it's a it's a little toy um, that you know sometimes can and it's a cliche as well, but can get you off the mm-hmm. smartphone every once in a while. And that is know, a for, cliche for example, that needs to be focused explored. on yeah. heavily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, like for example, for me, Ruby cubes really helps me think. Like if I have to think about something, I would just start scrambling and solving a cube because I'm someone who always needs to do something with his hands or yeah. you know. Or like I'm also a drummer, so you'll find me always be right, like right. my legs. And... I do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so by keeping my impulsive body movements focused on the cube, <laughs> then I can think more freely. Um so yeah, I just I just I just want more people uh to get to know the cube and yeah, because not so many people know that you can easily solve it and it can be like a fun game and you don't have to be a genius in maths to someone, just someone with a bit of patience to start with, and that's it. So that's that's my main goal, let's say, behind the page. And of course, yeah. now it has become a job as well. So um, if I can match both being creative, um, uh, sharing something that I li- love, and actually uh, living by it, like you know, it's 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 a goal. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's a dream. So, do you see yourself doing? Um like non actors or musicians like maybe like even even like the book you read like Mark Manson like doing authors or doing thinkers or speakers or anything like to that effect yeah absolutely like um let's say that um 
it, it all depends on what I'm inspired by in the moment. Like I now also have some projects in my head which are completely different. Like I want to actually take some pictures myself of people in a particular position or something. Mm-hmm. And then I take the picture and then I start working on the design from that picture and create a mosaic of it so that I have the full story of me putting a person in a certain place, taking a photo of it, creating a design so that, you know, it's, I, I also want to have a personal, um, uh, um, how do I say, like um, a creative process that is more personal and that I, you know, I start from the beginning, from deciding who's maybe a friend who I want to take a picture of in a position. and. So that's already something that while in the gallery, I'm going to focus a bit more on because I'm going to have more time to do that. But in terms of doing other things than uh, singers of movie stars, you know, it all depends on what I'm inspired by in the moment. Maybe um, I'll read a book of an author of someone that really uh, changes my life or something. And then I, I, I get that feeling of giving that back. And so, yeah, I'm sure that will happen. It's just that now... Um, maybe the things that I get most influenced by are uh, like kind of um, very commercial. We can say like that commercial. So, you know, that's kind of a reflection of me and, you know, it's going to be cool to see if that changes or not. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What are you currently into? If you can share, whether it be music or movies or TV shows or anything. Um, well, I've actually, I mentioned stranger things because I just started rewatching it with the friend, the same friend I gave the book, by the way. Okay. So <laughs> I um, so I restarted watching Stranger Things uh, because the thing is that I try to stay away from every TV series because I get so into TV series that I stop doing anything else and just watch the series <laughs> until I'm done. And yeah. so I've only selected a few in my life, which maybe I rewatch, but I'm afraid to start a new one, especially if he has a lot of seasons. Like I never watched mm-hmm. Game of Thrones because I know I would oh, get man. so hooked on it. And I'm probably one of the few people who don't who doesn't know about uh, Game of Thrones in terms of the mm-hmm. story. Do you have you have you seen it or have you read it? No, I my parents are obsessed with it, and okay. I've tried, but I could not fully commit. I have the same thing where I'm just like kind of scared. Yeah. That, that once I get into it, it's just going to become a yeah. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so and it has been the same like with Breaking Bad. And oh my I gosh! So I love that show. Yeah, yeah. Stranger Things. I'm not rewatching it. So. I kind of selected a few that I felt uh, were good, in my opinion. And yeah, just stick with those because I'm afraid to try other ones. And I mean, maybe it's a <laughs> stupid thing, but... Um, I understand it. Yeah, no, maybe maybe I watch... Also, I really like uh, Friends, the show Friends. I think that's really yes, good. Yes, Friends like, is a good show. It's an easy one, but, you know, it's... Yeah. When you need something where you don't need to be so focused, especially for me, because it's still a second language. So I don't mm-hmm. need to be that much focused and I can <laughs> still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, that's perfect. Um, Have you seen... Music, oh, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh it's okay. Um, in terms of music, um, well, I have a strange... Um, I had a strange path with music. Like, <laughs> I actually used to play in a metalcore band. Okay. Uh, but now, okay. But now, but now, like I'm a lot more into kind of techno music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason is that I always work with music, and if I have to focus, I can't have something with words in it. So I'm listening to a lot of techno and this stuff. So, um, yeah, at the moment, okay. it's just very unknown artist from the techno <laughs> world. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of like ambient music. I don't know if you've yeah. ever gotten into that, but just yeah. like very slow crawling like maybe 
soft, soft piano or like yeah. drone sort of noises. Yeah. And that's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. I can listen to when I study or I write now. Yeah. Because there's no yeah. words to it. And it's just like it kind of blends into everything you're doing. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Yeah. And like for me, a good way in between those kind of ambience and more like kind of move like techno y stuff is, uh, um, uh, I mean, Bonobo. Have you heard of Bonobo? Yeah. The artist? Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think he's a good way in between ambient jazz sure. and something that it's a bit more um, uh, fast in terms of rhythm. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's probably one of the artists I've been listening the most uh, this year because it really helps me a lot focusing and it puts me in a good mood or bad mood depending on what's the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but sorry, I interrupted you before you were saying something. No, you're okay. I was okay. I was going to yeah. ask of two shows if you've yeah. seen Black Mirror by chance. No, I haven't. No. Okay. But I think well, I've heard it. that is a dangerous show, but like. I think that there are a lot of things that could inspire you in that okay. show. All right, I'll write it down. It's, so I don't yeah, forget about it. It, it's an anthology series, so like every episode's different. Like they're not okay. connected, but it's yeah. all about like technology and mm. how it's like it's it's usually set in the not so distant future, where yeah. technology has just like gotten a little bit out of hand. But there's yes. some really powerful, very interesting stories, very colorful and like memorable stories too. Like characters that you'd recognize the faces and things like that once you thought about them. Okay. And then when that you said friends, cool. I also thought about uh, The Office. I don't know if you've seen The Office. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yes, I have. Because that is one. my, yeah. that's my main show. I yeah. can just watch that over yeah. and over again. I only watch the American version because I don't yeah, that's the one I version like. as well. Yeah. The English one's very good. It's just different. Yeah. It's a very different sense of humor, I feel like. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. And I think you kind of, you probably fall in love with the first one, you see? Yeah, for sure. It's like with a song yeah. when they do two versions and you just like the one you have heard first. More. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I really like The Office, like so many laughs and the characters are just great. Yeah. Uh, Michael Scott, right? The, yeah, Michael the... Gary Scott, that's him. Yeah, wow. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. So cringy though. Like, I, was, <laughs> I know. Probably, I've never cringed so much on a show. No, like, um, there's the episode where he promises kindergartners that he'll send them all to college if they graduate high school. Oh, and then, no. Yeah, and then I he doesn't. That. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's, oh, like, a whole, like, oof. community on Reddit, and it's just all about how they won't watch that episode. Because <laughs> it's just I, so I hard to watch. Wow. But it's I great. I think that. it's just amazing writing. Wow. You just, I just, I just removed that from my head, and now it's back. <laughs> I was feeling so bad, and it's just a TV show, but you just get. So I know you just. Like, I know, I know. Oh, oh well. So yeah, the office right. as well. Yeah, so Black Mirror. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, is it, it's, is it it's too amazing. many seasons? That's, well... I need to decide whether it's gonna take too much of my life. <laughs> it will take too much of your life. I can promise you that. I think it there's four seasons will. now. So. Okay. Or five. Five seasons? Mm. I think four. Okay. But they just released a special. Yeah, there's okay. four seasons, 19 episodes total. So I not total. too many. But they're they're like okay. 45 minutes to an hour long. Yeah, that's fair enough. But it, if you just start with like a season maybe, you know? Of course. And but, just watch the edit free overnight. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, one thing to recommend is this. This is what everybody says is do not start with the first episode. Because, why? I mean, it's ah, just a, it doesn't. It's not logically connected. That's why. 
Like well, they're not. You don't need to see them. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to see them, and because the first episode's premise is pretty, like, I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> Basically, okay. okay. I'll tell you the premise of the first episode, and then maybe you'll understand why people recommend that you don't start with it. So this yeah. prime minister, this prime minister's daughter is kidnapped, and like the the abductor says to the prime minister, like, in order to get your daughter back, you have to have sex with a pig on national television. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's that's the premise of the first episode. So, yeah, so you're like, I'm not sure I want to so, so to some people, it can be a bit off-putting. <laughs> but they're not all like that. That's the thing. There's so a lot. I'll, start, I'll start maybe from the first one uh, with the idea... I- in mind that that's not going to be a representation. Yeah, of yeah. It's what still, I'm go I still think it's a great episode and it's a very okay. interesting concept. But some people are like, okay, well, maybe I'll skip, I'll, uh, I'll skip this one. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But thank you. I'll like, um, it sounds very good. So I'm probably going to end up watching it and then I'm probably yeah, going to insult you because uh, <laughs> I'm wasting my life on it. No, I'm joking. I'm I seriously joking. invested you. so much time. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking today. No I appreciate it a lot. That was I'm, like I th- an hour. That was yeah, so I know. Quick. It flew by. Wow. I'm wow. very excited, though, to talk in the future and see. Because I think we're like, I think you might be the youngest person I've talked to, actually. Oh, oh well, really? No. Huh. Well, I think there was one guy who was 20. Huh. But besides that, you were the youngest. So I'm I'm glad that like... We're obviously both still figuring out a lot of things and like Yeah, absolutely. I have no clue about my life, so it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um awesome. But I'm very excited to see where it goes. I'll send you some yeah. uh music and stuff and you can send me some too if you want. And we can compare it yeah. as well. Yeah.